Hi, I'm Mandy. And I'm Heather. And this is our producer, Kayleen. Hi there. We're so glad you're here. Here's the thing. You have uncomfortable storylines in your life. We are creating a space for vulnerable storytellers to open up about growth and refinement. You deserve the same relationship with grace because it is so much more than a Bible buzzword. Welcome to Uncomfortable Grace. I remember the first time I met you, Kayleen, and you tried to get me to guess your age. You were such a brat about it. (laughs) Such a brat. It's seriously the funnest game to me is having people try to guess my age because I know that I don't look super old, but you like kind of look at, you know, okay, like my glasses and you're like, okay, you kind of know where I've been like in life. And you're like, you could easily be like 22 or you could easily be like 47. And (laughs) true story. So anywhere in between that. It's just, it's such a true story. It's a hell of a I mean, range. It's, well, I mean, she had me convinced that she was nearly 50. <laughs> and I was like, I was in denial the whole day. I was kicked about it because I'm like, she's either, or I'm just so mad that she looks that good for 50. I'm also really good old. at months. What can I say? She had me convinced. Yeah. That's know. so funny. <laughs> I also feel like you were trying to take advantage of my naivety there. Like you were just like, oh, she takes people for their word. And it's not, it's not hard to tell that I'm like that. You jerk. just, you just always hope that people are just always honest with you and straightforward <laughs> because that's what we expect as people that we want people to be True. honest and straightforward with us. Well, we believe the best and we want to believe the best. Oh, absolutely. So how old are you? Were you, were you honest and real with me? How old am I right now? Or how old was I then? How old did I tell you I was then? That's the better question. Yeah. How, how old were you then? Uh, gosh, what we met like three or four years ago. I think it was about four. Maybe it was under, I feel like it was like three. Okay. So I would have been, I would have been about 33. Oh yeah, that's still a baby. Oh, I can't tell if that's endearing or not. <laughs> really? <laughs> it was. It was supposed to be. Oh, it's just. Mm. Oh, you're so cute. I don't know if that's endearing or not. Sorry. It probably is. It's. It's my version of. When I was, you know, I'm a a hard ass. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I was going to say when I was about, let's see, my little sister just turned 18. So I was 24. She was in town and we were going to see a rated R movie. And she's a good six or gosh, she might be seven inches taller than me. She's, I'm probably wicked exaggerating now that I'm thinking about it. Three to four, whatever. We walked into the movie theater and I got carded. And she did not. (laughs) And I remember thinking like, this feels terrible. Why am I getting carted everywhere we go? And to this day, well, it hasn't happened for a year because I haven't seen humans in person. 
uh, I still get carded and they're like, well, yeah, you look 19. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how to take that. I don't know that I like looking 19 because I felt trapped looking about 19. Like, well, there were like five or six years where people like, oh, how old are you? And out of my mouth would come 19 before Mm -hmm. thinking. And I was like, I feel like maybe I got stunted at 19. Who knows for a while there. That age? I was emotionally stuck at 19. Mm -hmm. Oh. That must be it. Must be it. Glad you're not there anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I would say I would 20. say now 20 <laughs> and about 23 for Kayleen. Definitely. You're more mature than me. Haha. Wait, wait, I'm what? More mature. Oh, more mature. Well, yeah. Obviously. You guys just wait. I feel like nobody looks their age. I remember 35. I'm like 36. I mean, you don't look your age for like the longest time. Right. This is the first year where something just like drastically changes at 43 it does Mm. where you are starting to see distinct things where you're like okay she's now like past the point of being misconstrued as as uh anything other than a mature woman it happens like Uh, i don't know if i'll ever be mistaken for a mature woman but thank you for the hope and belief in my future Every time someone's like, oh my gosh, you have a lot of important things to say. And I'm like, who are you talking to? Are you, am I not alone in this room? What is happening? (laughs) That you're talking to? I'm not sure you, let me, let me repeat myself in case you think you heard something else. (laughs) (laughs) So tell it, tell us, Mandy, tell us your version of the story of how you met us. Yeah. Good story. Both of them. Yeah. Well, so we were, you know, we're talking about grace and invitation because our three relationships coming together didn't make it's not like we just were like okay cool we're all in the same class or same small group or same live on the same block like our lives interlap inter uh, overlapped but uh i wanted to very intentionally start building my people up around me and when i met Kayleen we had just moved as a church into the new big building um, downtown. And I was at the time leading worship and we were having our first worship night at the church. And I was the one kind of like leading the meeting. Like I had the idea of like, this is how we're going to connect or whatever it was. And I remember looking around the room and being like, Oh, these are my people. I love them with everything I have. Who the hell is that person? And I looked over and there's this woman I don't recognize just sitting on the floor, like kind of on the outskirts. And this was a big round room. And it was not like, I mean, there are a thousand entrances on that building. So I was like, Oh, this person must just be like, you know, misplaced, but I'm not a total terrible person. I'm not going to wander over and say, Hey, get out. Wait, you think I just wandered off the street? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. If I could tell you the number of times that I've been in meetings and people are like, I'm supposed to be here. And I'm like, really, what are we talking about? Uh, uh, you know, fly fishing ties. Nope. Wrong room. You need to move on. Anyway, move on. I remember very distinctly. I looked right at her. and I think I made like aggressive eye contact and sat down next to her or like across from her and said, Hey, uh, who are you? What are you, what you doing here? And, and like, I like, tell me your story. You're obviously here for a reason. I wasn't genuinely believing that you wandered in, 
Um, but I didn't understand because no one had said anything to me. And I was like, hi, who are you? And it came to be that we had a ton in common. You know, you had just moved here from Washington or no, maybe from Colorado at the time. Which state had you moved from? Colorado. Okay. So I, either way, right. I grew up in Washington. I had lived in Colorado and I was just like, okay, well, it's meant to be that we're friends. So well, welcome to my circle now. Well. Right. And it just, it's, it's always so like, if you, if I have one thing in common with people, I'm like, cool, we're best friends now until you, until we have a reason otherwise not to be. Now I'm a little more Aww. discerning about like who I'll extend that to. Um, maybe it's, I just don't, uh, talk to as many people and look for common ground as much anymore. I don't know. But, but I, at the time was so excited to like intentionally see there's a piece here that we can connect on. I'm going to be intentional and pursue that relationship. And I feel like from there, we just obviously, obviously became best friends because we're obviously. still here obviously. And we do all the projects together. Um, Pretty yeah. much. I have to say Kayleen from a distance is like naturally like too cool for any of us, right? Absolutely. So without so a doubt. It, so actually. So that's like, yeah, without a doubt. So that for you to do that, I mean, you were you had to have been just What's really wrong like, with being confident. <laughs> I just sing there that song. You go. Uh yeah, yeah, it's true. I'm not uh, I'm not afraid to walk up to people, even when they're too cool for me and they're like you know, throwing out all the, oh my God, if you come over here, <laughs> don't even sign. Yes. <laughs> That's what you and I have in common uh, for sure. Yeah. Like in the nicest yeah. way possible, I'm going to yeah. infiltrate because I see your bubble. I, I see your bubble. <laughs> I need to get closer. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's my Kayleen and Mandy story. And then we, you know, Aww. one thing led to another and she is the most like careful one of the most faithful friends of anyone anyone hands down Kayleen you are one of the most faithful friends <laughs> it's just I, I'm constantly joking with uh Josh because I'm like I haven't found her limit yet but eventually she's going to get annoyed enough with me and back off and and that's just not true I don't think it's actually true at all it it, it, a it takes a lot such an incredible it takes a lot for yeah. me to get annoyed so I'm not trying to annoy you. I'm trying to just take advantage <laughs> of everything that you are capable of and exploit your, in the most, Aww. in the most loving way. Like my dad oh, used to sure. say when you, when my dad's a computer programmer. And so he would, every time he'd get, you know, a four inch book of instructions, he would say, I just, you know, I read the book front to back so I can exploit the program as best as possible. Like he just gets to know what he's working with as intimately and as intentionally as he can so that he can help this program be exactly what it was meant to be. And I feel like that's my intentionality, right? Is not to genuinely take advantage of people because I can see who they are and what they're good at. It's no, actually I can see through you and I see who you are and I want that to come alive in you. And I want to be there to be a part of it. And I've gotten that honor with you and with you, Heather, and, and Aww. like with so many other people in my life that it's just it's worth the awkward. I'm, I'm showing up to burst your bubble, even though you don't want to talk to me. So <sighs> yeah, you're deserving of, of being on the reciprocating end of that also, just so you know. Well, thank you. Because there's a, it's like labor intensive to make sure that if you're anything like me, since I was a child of hyperintuitive, I could read a room, but most people that like 
they lead out with, oh, I can read a room. What are they in the bee? Really like salty right. or gross or like, right? Like it's gross. So I've never said that. I've actually never said that out loud. <laughs> That I can read a room. Yeah, it's well, it's hard to. Yes, it's, you're absolutely right. It, yeah. It's really off putting because there's no, yeah, there's no uh, pretense, there's no hidden agenda in it for me. For me, it's just like it's it's kind of like more offensive rather than defensive because I feel like I was new at every so many schools that people were just trying to figure me out, and you're you're not going to be able to do that. Like I'm just not going to give you access. Yeah. Right. Um, you can't, you don't get to just decide who I am. Sure. And I've had that kind of like very distinct line drawn in the sand since I was little. I remember that. However, I do want to be friends with everybody. And that's kind of (laughs) the whole vulnerability thing is it's, I walk a fine line there. Right. So, and there's responsibility. Well, and that's what I love about you walking the fine line is you do present kind of in that same way as Kayleen, like the, I'm really focused on what I'm doing and I have no time for anybody's BS. I will not be deterred or distracted. Stay out of my way. (laughs) And that was like, to answer the question you asked, like how did, what was our story, right? So you were involved in fight night and I showed up to be involved as well. And we just kind of like, um, orbited around Lindsay, but never really crossed paths. We just really, those nights were so quick and so fast and busy that there was never really a, a moment of connecting. And then you were at living waters and I was there too, obviously. And you walked like into the lobby and I can literally, it's so crazy with both of you. I can remember the moment I tend to forget like details. I can visually remember the moment I met both of you and the interaction of it, which is very uncommon when people like, how did you meet them? I'm like, eventually I met them. I think that's the story. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I remember just in my mind setting my thoughts and walking up and saying, hi, it's time for us to be friends now or something like that. Like, okay, this is our moment. And you were so kind to not set me aside and actually say yes, like of be available. And what has come out of that relationship, that moment has been completely unexpected. I did not expect that this is where we were going to end up, Heather. <laughs> no, I didn't either. I know that's, that's such a, that's when, when it when something exceeds your expectations. I think that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, we're, we're all, it's our human nature to read people. And so, and that whole mirroring uh, concept with psychology, like I know when somebody wants to just kind of figure out who I am and you can sniff it out immediately. So the walls go up and there's just right. this like quick, like it's, it's quicker than right. anything really where you understand what's happening and your BS meter. Goes yeah. Off like, and, and then, but with, but to you guys, it was so like, there was just, it didn't, it wasn't even a thing. It, it, it was, so. it was easy to extend the inv- invitation Mm-hmm. in that in that moment because you could you could read that you could read you know I, I think we could each read each other and be like okay this person 
I like this. Yeah. Like this is something that I can, I can connect with. I want this to, I want this to continue and see, really see where it goes. Yeah. And I value, I value the relationships that aren't as easy just as much. If I'm being honest, I mean, there's, there's people that I know are supposed to be, um, in my territory, my circle, whatever. And I just, I can feel the, the tension. I can feel that it's going to be a little more work. Mm -hmm. Um, but how amazing is it when it's just not? Well, in that the, the idea that you have to have all of these uh, effortless relationships is just a pipe dream, right? The majority of our relationships in life takes so much work and so much intention And there is tension there. There is difficulty. There is misunderstanding. And when you have experienced grace in relationship, when you make those mistakes and you can carry that into those relationships, like in our three relationships, I'm racking my brain all of a sudden trying to think of like times when we've had tension, but there's always honest conversation that follows it. I I'm totally guilty. If there was ever any tension or any tension, I'm, I definitely know it was for me because, because I tend to test, I tend to test relationships, Um, not provoke. I think that's a little bit more aggressive, but I do a little bit. I do a little bit test. That's really funny. I, um, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I don't think I, I don't think I test people. I, I definitely lean toward trusting just inherently. I've, I've recognized like over the years, right? You try and suss out, okay, this relationship was seasonal. What was the season? Is that friendship supposed to carry with me into this next, you know, time or period of my life? Um, and, and even in our thirties and early forties, like figuring out who comes with you and who doesn't is really painful. Um, and that, that's, alone has really pushed on my, my willingness to just trust people in friendship. Um, because I'm like, Oh man, I trusted them. And now I feel like, am I carrying betrayal or am I just carrying that we grew apart? Like, what is that? What is that? And again, it comes down to recognizing who you can be intentional with and who you can let your guard down around. And I think that's something that I've definitely learned how to, um, as much as I love to, you know, burst into people's lives and try not to be obnoxious, but also press buttons in a gentle, kind way, <laughs> if that's a thing. Well, I think what, what you you're can, saying, sorry, go ahead, Kaylee. Go ahead. You can do that. You can, you know, quote unquote, button to people's lives or like mm-hmm. press into that. It's still up to the other person to allow that to be okay mm. so you were telling a story about the another um was it a podcaster or another instagrammer both that I'm very very talkative on the internet these days very talkative, but, okay, <laughs> good we want you reached out to this other person on insta other woman on instagram and be like hey i'm not trying to be weird but th- i want i want to know something about you and her response, you you told me was, it's not weird at all. 
this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that person wasn't willing and open and you know, that's a very surface level, you know, a- example, but if that person was like, who is this weird person? She just wouldn't have responded, but she took that and be like, no, I'm actually going to allow this to be okay because I want to have that interaction with this other person. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you have it with, with people that you actually want to like really get to know or, or like have, you know, deep conversation or you want to let your guard down or something you want to trust. It's like both parties have to allow it. Both parties have to like be okay with that expectation. So it's like, okay, if I'm, I'm reaching out to someone and they're like, mm, not interested. It's like, okay, that's, that's totally fine. But if I like reach out to the person and like, okay, like I want to reciprocate that, then that that's the, the, the trust part that is, is being built. Yeah. Is, is that where the uh, grace comes in, Kayleen? I mean, I think that's literally yeah. what, honestly, I think you totally nailed it. I, I mean, I, I think I take a little bit more grace or, or like apply a little bit more grace to, to those that I already have relationship with. So it's like, okay, relationship oh. that I have with, you know, with one of my, with a roommate, it's like me and one of my roommates are very close and we have built a lot of trust and yeah. in our, in communication and in relationship, we have to have a lot of grace for each other because the reason is that we are two totally different people and we see the world in two totally different ways. And it has caused a lot of, of, um, uh, tension between the two of us because I see, you know, a situation one way and she sees it the other way. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it, no, it's not just saying, well, my way is right because it, whether it is or not, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't matter. It's like, okay, I have to respect the fact that she sees the situation this way and that I see it the other way. So we absolutely have to have to have grace for one another, like in that situation. And if we don't, then we're just going to stay in tension and we're not going to have any type of resolution and not resolution as in always agreeing, yeah, but resolution mm-hmm. as in, I see your perspective as well. And I respect that. And that yeah. she sees my like point of view and respects it as well. That's where the grace, I think the grace really lies in like in relationship a lot of time is respecting the other person as well and allowing grace for myself and saying, ooh, I may not be right in this or I may not have the best perspective, but how I see it is still how I see it. Well, and even inviting and how she sees it, how she sees it, even inviting that type of a conversation into a relationship yeah. is huge. How many times have you tried to have like this intense and serious, important conversation to you? And the other person just is like, Meh. are you really mad about that? Or dismiss like dismisses it or writes it off as not a big deal or uh, goes, you know, goes so far as to be like, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. <laughs> like yeah. you then have to still find grace for that person in yourself. Like oh, I yeah. think Kayleen's had probably, if I were to assume had so many uh, growing experiences 
that have allowed her to leave in that way, in that particular conversation, because it was ultimately her heart. So you have to like figure out, okay, how do I get that put to that place where I'm, where I'm intentionally listening and it's, they understand that you're trying, you're, you're trying to respect every every part of who they are and what they represent and their voice. And then that gives you a certain allowances to then speak into their life to, to get, to say like, Hey, here's this, this is a quick exchange. that's going to happen naturally, but it didn't happen naturally. You had to like really work Mm -hmm. that out in life. And so I, I think it's excellent that you can use this, these scenarios right now and say like here I am now like I'm finally becoming who I was always meant to be by leading the conversation in that direction this is Mm -hmm. going to be respected and respectful like I'm going to respect you and you're going to respect me it takes a certain person and a certain amount of experience to a, a certain amount of development for that to happen yeah absolutely and you know yes I I thank you I like yes there there are some times when me and one of my roommates she actually even though she's younger than I am she brings a lot more wisdom than I do sometimes and because I I can be reactionary I just want to be like but no and she's like hey not to say you're being reactionary but can we actually stop and reassess this Mm -hmm. and then she you know something like that I'm like oh crap okay yes, let's reassess. And I'm I'm willing to go there. (laughs) Like, obviously, but there are definitely are some moments that I just want to react instead of actually, you know, stopping, maybe even taking a step back to, you know, look at the situation and look at what's actually going on. Yeah. That takes so much vulnerability, Kayleen. And I know that has not come naturally Mm -hmm. to you. And I think that (laughs) Um, I know you've had to work at it. Like I've had to work at it. Heather has to work at it. We all, I mean, and and it's one thing to say that about three women who are all pretty assertive, strong-willed, intentionally minded people. But um, like, if anything, the two of you have really taught me a lot about vulnerability as well and finding ways to be safe in relationship, especially with women after, like I said, kind of like, evaluating is this relationship one I can invite forward with me or am I just too hurt to do that and be vulnerable for that with that relationship again or is that relationship really just not carrying into this new time in my life and like the two of you easily have demonstrated vulnerability time and time and time again to the point where I think you've each both at the same time and separate times talked me off the ledge of, you know, nah, I don't, I don't care about being vulnerable anymore. I don't want to be intentional or invitational. I'd rather just blow it up (laughs) and watch it burn. I don't care anymore. (laughs) And I mean, even tonight, Kayleen was talking to me, Heather, earlier about, (laughs) um, that doesn't sound like a good idea. You shouldn't show up there and do those things or say those things. I'm like, okay, I won't say the words I think I need to say because it's not a vulnerable place it's a place of protective protection and like you were saying added layers because my bs meter is really strong too and i have to make a decision 
when it's, you know, pinging off the charts, am I going to continue or am I going to pause and make it, make a very intentional decision here when it comes to inviting people into my life. And that doesn't have to mean I'm inviting everyone closer. You know, your inner circle has a, a couple people. The next layer has maybe two or three more. And then everyone else kind of falls to that acquaintance level because you just can't actually maintain more than, I think they say like three to five really intimate, intentional relationships in your life is all that we really have capacity for as humans. And for some reason, I don't know, maybe it's women, maybe women are more intense about it, but they, we have this concept somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it's probably, you're completely right. But like we have this idea as humans that we have to create and maintain really rich, deep, intimate relationships with everyone we know, as opposed to like being okay, having acquaintances and, and being intentional with those people, not just sloughing them to the side and saying, you're less um, invested in my life by any means, but more of like recognizing if I split my attention to 30 people, no one really gets to know me or see me, but if I'm, yeah. How, how much, how much value can you really like give to that person totally. and give to that relationship when it's can be so, it can be so minute or so minor, like how much, how much value you're actually giving to that? Oh yeah. Like if you make a two minute phone call in an hour to 30 different people, or you make one phone call for an hour to one person. I mean, it's a super simple arithmetic problem. You're adding up. Oh gosh. <laughs> it's not <laughs> you said a you said a trigger word to me. I have to say this because you guys are just like about maybe like a Is decade. What, arithmetic? Nope. Trigger the trigger word was assertive uh-huh. and the other one was strong. Those two I actually married. saw your face and when I said it. So what's weird about that is that I like that might be how I walk into a room and what I know that I carry, but it it doesn't mean that I actually implement it or actually move, take the steps to say what I need to say. And still like I, there's a not, there's not a lot of appropriate opportunity for people that are in your circle or in your corner that will, will give you an opportunity to, to, to be who you're supposed to be in that way. I, I see, I look up to you guys, you know, I've been sappy and I've explained that to you too. And that you guys are getting to be able to like carry the torch and move, push through kind of the glass walls in that particular area. But if you knew how much I've had to hold back Mm. and how much pushback and how much residual uh just chaos honestly that because I'm not like my I'm not my mom's generation but I'm not your generation so there's like this gap in between and there's like this really strenuous thing that's that's had to happen and I feel like um I, yeah, I just feel grateful to be kind of sandwiched in between the two of you because I'm feeling a release starting to happen and happen to occur because it's not, those aren't, aren't positive words 
at this point in my life. I was just going to ask. So if you answered my question, my first question is, do you feel those words are positive for you? And now hearing you say no, but knowing that you do have this depth and that you have not yet accessed in your life, always, there's always depth, right? There's always more that we're pulling at. Do you feel that the desire to assert yourself on behalf of either you or on behalf of others is something that's rising up in you? Or is it just something that you aren't really concerned well, with? Well, without a shadow of a doubt, I've fought the good fight. So I don't, I don't have any, um, <laughs> I don't have any sort of like regret where that's concerned. Yeah. I fought the good fight because I feel like it's going to benefit the people around me right even if even if they know that I haven't fully stepped into that and maybe it was not supposed to be it was just just knowing that on a one-on-one version of our friendship that I was supposed to uplift you or uplift you or uplift this little girl or that you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like that is a that is like rewarding to me Mm -hmm. and I don't feel I don't feel like shelved or dismissed or anything I don't even feel like I've been overlooked or overshadowed. I feel like um, it's still there and it's very, very accessible. So I don't see assertive as a negative in any way. So when you, That's amazing. when you say, I don't like that word, I think that's really fascinating yeah. because mm-hmm. I perceive someone who is assertive as someone who has a mm-hmm. strong back and a soft front. And I would, call you strong back soft front all day because you don't walk into the room and like try to absorb all the attention and um assert your dominance because I don't think either of Kayleen or I do that either I see assertiveness Mm -hmm. as this willingness to stay soft on the front knowing it serves a higher purpose Mm -hmm. knowing it serves a more um long-term goal rather than necessarily mm-hmm. someone who walks in and tries to save face that false front that says, I need to be mm-hmm. seen. I need to be heard. I need to be valued right now, right now. I've been that person. It's gross. Mm-hmm. I've been that person mm-hmm. for so long. And when I finally mm-hmm. kind of sloughed that off and, and realized I had more <laughs> compassion for that person, but even still, you know, my, I understood the pain behind why I was asserting myself in that way in that season. Mm-hmm. Now on the other side of it, I can say confidently, no, being assertive is vulnerable because the first thing it does is puts a target on your front and says, I'm fair game. I'm bold enough to show up here and say what needs to be said. Mm-hmm. I'm a fair, I'm, I'm a target. Um, and that can go both ways. Yeah. Like that can be a positive or it can be a negative and, Um, I think what I see is again, that assertiveness that understands the difference between confidence and false bravado and being able to invite the people who demonstrate the false bravado into my world is much, it's much greater now because I have like the compassion of like, Oh, I know what that, I know what that actually is. And I'm going to love them super well and not try to change or fix them or manipulate them at all. I'm just going to have a lot of grace for that because ooh, it's a painful place to be. 
Um, but at the same time, like when you see the opposite, when I, which is what I've always seen in the two of you, that soft front that says I can, I can hold up space. I take up space by not speaking in a room. Do you know what I mean? When someone has a confidence that carries forward without them saying or doing anything just by the way that they present themselves and treat other people. Well, that's the person I'm going to invite really close and say, okay, I've taken bricks down for you to be able to see over. Um, you're clearly someone who understands that um, there's going to be a mess on the other side of this. So um, yeah, I think it's really, really fascinating when that can be how you're starting to view people, not that you're making judgment about them as you approach them, but really that you're just, I mean, applying intuition rather than holding old relationships forward. I don't know. Thanks for listening to the Uncomfortable Grace Podcast. Here we are inviting men and women who demonstrate great levels of self-compassion, risk, brave decision-making, and uncomfortable seasons to hold space for themselves and allow us to take a peek in at the process. Questions, comments, we'd love to hear from you. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Tell us your story. Find us on Instagram or shoot us an email at uncomfortablegracepodcast at gmail.com. Music from our episode is from Mix On, and you can find them at bandcamp.com. Thanks to our producer, Kayleen, and Studio Hall for the recording space. Like, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you listen. This week's episode is sponsored by Danny Hall Photography. You can find him on Instagram at dannyhall11.